you're going through changes, you're going through darkness, you're going through shadow, so that you can come to the light with a deeper realization and understanding of who you are and who you're meant to be. A deeper understanding that we're all connected and to be all connected, you have to be more aware. Welcome to the Healer Dealer Podcast. This is an invitation to be inspired, get curious, expand and empower your own gifts through conversations with the modern healers of our time. The only way to heal ourselves is to deal with it. I'm your healer dealer, Diana Zalicki. So excited you're here. Let's get started. I am so excited to have with us Asia Deshore, who is a powerful AF, (laughs) psychic medium, intuitive and power player in the spiritual communities here in LA and in Brooklyn, New York. She has created sacred space for all those identifying with as a woman and right. Yeah. Uh, Female identifying non-binary and trans. Okay. I'm still getting my terminology. Oh no. This is like the best intro I've ever had. Okay. Great. Yeah. (laughs) So she does all the things and you've done all these things pretty quickly, even though they were integrating Mm -hmm. like at a very young age, but it sounds like, you know, from when you were little, you always had these abilities, but then just within the last few years, they kind of like, popped out like they all got to flourish and Mm -hmm, all mm -hmm. join forces can you talk a little bit about that yeah I absolutely can also thank you for having me oh my god I'm so excited Mm -hmm. uh what I would say is that um a lot of things changed when I found my calling so I used to be one of those people that would listen to other people talk about oh my god I have my purpose I found my calling I'd be like oh shut the fuck up what are you even talking about what is this calling thing and I found it and um my calling is to on a really like basic level just to listen to people and to connect yes there I'm also talking to you know spirit guides and and other entities but at the, the you know at the ground floor it's just I'm listening to people and allowing them to to have time to express what they're going through, what they wish to call in, and what they wish to release. And once I found that, everything kind of flourished. I love that. And then how had had that, you know, expanded into creating actual space where others can come and teach what they're, they know best and, and all yeah. of that? Well, it actually started with, I, I started as a life coach, um, and I was struggling, uh, which was fine. I, I don't mind struggle. Uh, I, I am used to the struggle. Uh, but I was thinking about the fact that I was resisting the urge to connect my spiritual practice with the life coaching I, because I didn't want to be seen as a freak or a weirdo. Um, I was afraid of the connotation. And uh, while I was going through that in, internal uh, struggle, one of my guides said that you should start a collective. Uh, and also one of the many reasons behind that is because I felt really lonely and I, I didn't have anyone and, you know, who could I talk to about spirits and body possession and, you know, all of these things uh, without being looked at like I was going crazy or without someone suggesting that I needed to see a doctor. So I decided to create a community in my living room. Um also knowing nobody and uh, basically just going on Instagram and, you know, uh, talking to some people that I just met or that on Instagram or through other platforms I was really intrigued by and wanted to learn from and said, hey, you know, would you like to hold space in my living room? And it just started from there and it's kind of blown up. And that 
platform allowed me to feel more comfortable with the work I was doing individually, combined the two, and then the two have just become like this beautiful marriage. I love that so much. Mm -hmm. Do you... Me too. Like, I mean, I love it too because I just... I feel like you also hold space with the collective that Mm -hmm. you've created for all different varying degrees of experience of those in their intuitive um, spiritual path Mm -hmm. Um, because sometimes you know I think those you know newbies could feel Mm -hmm. intimidated but you hold the open space but also everything is still elevated so those Mm -hmm. that are experienced are getting a lot out of it so it doesn't feel like a disconnect it feels like an equal flow yes and where everybody has something to offer Mm -hmm. because sometimes you know you and I've talked about this in the past there's other gatherings we've attempted to go to and you know it's underwhelming there isn't um, enough um, conscious effort on being responsible for your own spiritual hygiene yes like you know um, and so I really really appreciate that about you and what you've created here because literally every single workshop you do whether it's online or in person is you're caught you've called in these unique beings who I feel like are the guiding light to a particular tool that can empower all those that are attending. Oh my gosh, I I totally agree. I have a very high bar for workshops, and look, that's not to say that I haven't had some some duds in here. Uh, and I get very uh, irritated <laughs> when I have sit through a workshop because I attend every single workshop. Um, when I sit through a workshop and I think, wow, that was either too broad. Um, not enough information. And look, that happens. You know, we're all, every practitioner is learning along along the way. But I want to make sure that the people that join here, you know, whether it's virtually or, or in person, are receiving enough information to really sink their teeth into once they leave. And also to get a really grounded idea of what a certain modality or ritual is so that they can decide if it's something they want to carry on for their own work of personal healing and growth. That's the point. To not, to not only, yes, we're sitting in a circle, we're talking, we're sharing, but to also also to learn and to expand yourself beyond the point that you currently are. I love that. Mm-hmm. Now, something I want to um, ask about related, you know, when we're in space and just there's so many amazing products that are coming out. Mm-hmm. There's so many amazing tools that a lot of people who are, gosh, the only way I can affectionately say it is are getting woke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, are getting there. I think, you know, there is a learning curve for those two appreciate and honor where those traditions come from yes and my question is you know with all the crazy things going on in the world with Mm -hmm. everybody needing to become more aware more sensitive show up better have the difficult conversations do you feel that in the spiritual community where does race come into that wow i like the the whole circle around to, to yeah no well okay well first couple couple things um one um I myself, as a human being, uh, and as someone that holds space, I'm constantly evolving myself and learning. Uh, case in point, um, and, and I'm going to get to race. Spirit House Collective started as a female-only space. Period. That was it. Because that's what I was interested in. I was interested in healing myself as a woman. Um, as I evolved, Spirit House evolved, to female identifying and then to trans. So there is, if there is a desire to expand and learn, um, that can trickle down to all aspects of self and the work that you do. 
when it comes to race and cultural appropriation, um, it's about how much respect do you have for the work that you're doing? If you are a Reiki practitioner, if you are, uh, you know, if you are a shaman, um, what do you really know about where those practices originated from? Are you speaking to those practices as a person who's not necessar- who may not necessarily be connected to that culture? Um, there is a lot of stealing has been going on for God knows how long, and a lot of the practices originated with, you know, black indigenous and other people of color and were forced we were forced to repress those practices and rituals for the sake of colonization so the idea that now um, not only are you know white people uh, cultivating their own practices connected to these uh, to these original teachings but the idea that they're also making money and profiting from them while you know so many of us are still searching for the connections that have been lost along the way is horrifying but not surprising so when you're doing this work it's about what, what respect, what knowledge, what, how am I educating myself, how am I opening the conversation, also how am I, I acknowledging what I already have done, the mistakes I've made in the past, opening that level of conversation and growing from it. It's not about burning people down. Um, it's really about calling people into the conversation. Like, hey, I noticed this. Maybe it's, hey, I noticed that at your workshop, and this is not about you know any type of rituals or, or culture, I noticed that there were you know all white people. Um, there's nothing wrong with that, but are you interested in, well, actually that's not true. There is something wrong with that. It's called, you know, needing diversity. That was me falling back into how can I placate like, white people yeah. and not make them feel bad. Can you See, talk so I'm, that? well, yeah, I'm still learning too. Like that is my habit. Like if someone says something that's slightly of- offensive to me racially, um, it took until very recently, I would usually say, oh no, it's okay. Why the fuck is that? Okay. Why, why is it okay? I had to go through my own level of change to then acknowledge that it's okay to be uncomfortable or be comfortable with being uncomfortable. You know, work that, you know, work, work that, that, that muscle as much as you can. Do you still feel that now? In moments I do. Um, I had, I've had conversations recently while in Brooklyn about, you know, race and diversity, uh, inclusivity, and the idea that, you know, Oh, most people don't want to have the, these conversations, you Why? know? Why don't you think uh, Because it? it makes them feel shame. And people don't want to feel shamed, even if the, the topic is something that's worth diving into. No one wants to feel bad about who they are, especially in the healing world. world you know, it's supposed to be supposedly, oh, we're supposed to make everyone feel better. No, you're going through changes. You're going through darkness. You're going through shadow so that you can come to the light with a deeper realization and understanding of who you are and who you're meant to be. A deeper understanding that we're all connected, and to be all connected, you have to be more aware. So, um, yeah, example, I notice everyone in your workshop is white. Uh, what can we do to be more inclusive? Let's talk about that. You know, that's a difficult conversation. Well, also, to add to that, yeah. if you're looking at um, wealthy communities, I feel like those are the communities that are able to have the tools to attend and do all these healing things. Yes, they, they are. How can, how can we... Mm-hmm expand that beyond that specific bracket that has been formulated from a long time ago? Well, I think that comes down to, I mean, there are a lot of people in in communities that are not super wealthy that are opening up their doors to work. There are different programs, there's sliding scale. There, I mean, there, there's a lot of things that can be done. But I think when it comes to the, 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 wealthy, uh, the, the wealthy and the white, it's about making a point to be look 
at who you're who you're hanging out with. If you're at a party, it doesn't even it doesn't have to be a healing circle. If you're at a party, if you're at a concert, if you're in a restaurant, if everyone looks the same, if everyone's white, there's something wrong with that well, picture. You know, to that point, I shared with you, which I won't give details to our <laughs> listeners. There was a circle I went to last year, and it mm. really stuck out to me. And it was um, a bunch of women that looked exactly the same. And I just, I felt uncomfortable in that Mm -hmm. circle. Mm -hmm. I felt, um, you know, it's what, you know, we would uh, uh, refer affectionately as like fashion witch. Yeah. I felt like, um, it was like, oh, so great, all women together here. Mm. I'm like, you know, like... uh, and, and then it's like within that, I think of, you know, one can get in their head about being mm-hmm. judgmental of that. Like, mm-hmm. who the fuck am I to be judgmental of that? But well, who the fuck are you not to? You know, I like, just feel like at this point, either the, and, and, people don't have a choice. You, you know, have to be able to call that stuff out. It's like, I feel like a fucking snob now where like, mm-hmm. if I'm learning some magical tool, like mm-hmm. if I'm going to cacao ceremony, I want it to be from a Mayan woman that mm-hmm. is from, that is her <coughs> like heritage. Right, right. Because I feel like outside of the knowledge and script that we can learn, mm-hmm. there is an energetic presence, I feel, of that person bringing historically, like, the ancestors of course. the knowledge to that. And so I guess, you know, I guess, okay, so what what advice or what is something that white, woke women... Hmm who are, you know, they're not seeing diversity. Right. What is a question that they could ask each other that, you know, could, you know, um, make it more diverse? I think a really great first step for those women would be to go into uh, a circle that is predominantly people of color to, you know, to experience what it's like to be the person that is other and to also see how they hold space and to make those connections, to make the effort. It's not, you know, the job of a person of color to infiltrate the white circle and to make people aware. It's about, you know, this is about individual awareness. What are you noticing around you? And how can you, you know, widen your experience? Let me, you know, let me go to, let me look up some, you know, some, some spaces that are predominantly POC. Let me go. Let me support let me let me give them money to to absolutely all of it's like let me go and learn spend my money um and start incorporating that energy into my own energy field because then you're activating a shift you know and look you know i've heard i've had you know white women you know and men say you know i'm nervous okay be nervous you know i'm scared i'm uncomfortable again it's like those are yes that's a given push yourself out of the your comfort zone and acknowledge that the only way things are going to change is if you actually take responsibility and are accountable it's not it's not my job to do that it's 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 no one else it's no it's it's not an indigenous person's job to do that it's it's your job to do that um and it's and yeah it's work it's like it's it's you know, work what I, I just like to share because we talked about it briefly before and this is also because I always wanted to talk about diversity and in, in spirituality with you but also I just recently saw um and if our listeners haven't seen it yet I think it's really good the Netflix special with Chelsea Handler talking about um white privilege I haven't seen it I know you haven't right but I did and, and something that really stuck out to me and we did talk about it a little mm-hmm. bit is you know it's not <laughs> it's like enough of 
and I guess I did a little bit now, but it doesn't feel like it. But it's enough of like white people asking people of color, like, how does right. it feel for you? Da, da, da. It's more of like white people needing talking to white people. Yes. And having that conversation exactly. to be able to shift it. And also Google, do your own research, yeah. you know? And then when you come, you know, when, you, when you're when you talking to a person of color, you have a frame of reference. You have things that you want to talk about versus just constantly asking questions. And, um, and it's also about, and just to be, you know, to continue the real here it's not about just showing up for the moment it's the long haul I went to an amazing event I'm like trying to like how can I um Just, I and I know we're all we're all I, I, because I feel like speaker truth I feel like everything yeah I, I went to an event there were people there that definitely wanted to activate change you know people of color and white people and I'm aware of the white people after who who reached out I'm also aware of the white people who seem to have, you know, done nothing. Um, it's not about showing up somewhere, you know, having a glass of wine, uh, to have, talking about issues and saying, you're right. What is the action step after that? What are you actually doing? You know, if I, it's just, it's fascinating to me to scroll through, you know, an quote unquote influencers, you know, Instagram feed and just see nothing but carbon copies of that person, you know, of that white person. Um, I feel that way about fashion, photography, the arts. Like, you know, I give my husband a hard time. He's an artist. Like, I'm constantly like, we're, you know, are you aware of diversity? Or I had a conversation with a friend of mine who said, you know, um, I mean, this. we were talking about affirmative action. We were talking about racism. You know, like, it just seems like you're, you're, you're working really hard to, like, make sure things are diverse. And she said it in a way as if, like, I mean, like, you're working really hard. And I said, I should fucking absolutely be working really hard to make sure things are diverse. If I'm not working hard to make things diverse, what, what, what am I really, what, what message am I sending? It's called, it's a responsibility. It's all of our responsibility right now to be inclusive and to have these difficult conversations so that we can actually change things. Because we all want to live in a different world. That world is not just going to show up. When you can't just like be like, I got more rose quartz. Oh my, my God. And my house. I went to bed last night and I was speaking to my rose quartz and I said, I want to just end racism. Please. No. Like we, are, we need to all get over it and move forward. Exactly. <laughs> it's interesting because, you know, I'm, I'm technically like half Middle Eastern, but I'm a white woman. And um, I'm like technically uh, half, uh, half Middle Eastern. I am half Middle Eastern. No, no, no. But then we can talk about white passing too, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm half Ukrainian, half Turkish. Yeah. yeah. I'm half Muslim, half Catholic. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Non-practicing of either of those right now. Um, or ever. But um, what is my point? My point is, is even as like an identifying, like when I have to check a box yeah. and check white, yeah. is... I am a bit turned, like, exactly what you're talking about, the carbon copies. Yeah. It's like, I I guess, because I've, I mean, I grew up on a Caribbean island. I've grown around people of color. Like, Mm -hmm. I grew up in an environment of that, you know. And so, when I came to L.A., and it's just, like, carbon copy, like, the same. I don't, it just, it's kind of, I feel numb to it. Yeah, yeah. And so, I also think of, you know the you know it just goes back to like how we're so influenced social media the like little the little girl who 
does not isn't able to identify with any of that and is like oh I can't I, I'm not I can't be spiritual mm-hmm. or like I'm not allowed to be serious something is wrong with me you know on the multiple it's like the pressure of that yeah, yeah um did you feel like nervous as like growing up like feeling you know um I'm just gonna say it, it's like making me a girl but like yeah. to be like being a little being a little girl of color and then having psychic abilities does that feel like another no. set of pressure or anything no well first of all I definitely shut down a lot of psychic activity while I was growing up uh I had you know, a bunch of you know visitations at night um, that's a whole nother story. By the time I was in my, my teen years, I completely shut it down. Um, I mean, I was born in New York, so there is diversity everywhere. Um, that's a huge deal to me. If I'm living in a place and there's no diversity, I start to get depressed. That's not, it's just not for me. Um, you know, my father is black and my mother is white. Uh, we, there were conversations all the time around race. Um, I never felt as though... Uh, the, the, the racist things that occurred occurred f- predominantly for me uh, in high school, you know, when everyone's a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, every, I was like, everybody's an asshole. <laughs> everyone's an asshole in high school. But, um, <clears throat> you know, I, my, my, my dad my dad had many conversations with me uh, at a very young age even about, you know, how to deal with police. You know, all of those things were I was very aware of, even though I might, may not have felt personally touched by them at that young age um my father still had those conversations with me so that as I grew up I would be aware and those are conversations that you know white people don't have to have Uh, and I remember my mother being uncomfortable you know why are you telling her about this and he said because she has to know because no one sees her as white everyone sees her as black and as a black person living in this world everything is harder she and I remember him saying you have to be twice as smart twice as beautiful twice as hardworking as everybody else otherwise you won't make it and I just we had talked before about it and one of my girlfriends had even shared um you know like the feeling of when a cop is coming pulling up Mm -hmm. it's like you're like prepared yeah yeah I mean that I just like well yeah I mean I kind of threw my dad's advice out the window I was like your worst nightmare like anytime a cop pulled me over I got really crazy like why am I being pulled over what is your badge number where my dad's advice was like you stay low you're you're you know be nice you smile and I just went the opposite end um and I got pulled over with you know black friends all the time and they they were quite frustrated with me I was definitely I, I whatever I went through my own learning process about what to do uh, with police, um, you know, and and even recently I had an interaction with with a cop, and now as an adult I'm m- I mean much different now, and I'm just actually sitting at this table with a white woman. Her reaction on how to talk to the police very different m- from mine. I would I could never talk to the police the way that that she did. She was complaining, she was getting angry, and now as you know a woman in my, in my late thirties, it. It, it was like pulling teeth for me to even ask them to go over certain information. I did not want to engage. How did that feel after that instance? Because I remember when yeah. that had happened. Yeah. When you are aware of that and you're talking about that with your friend, like, how are you processing that after? 
like I mean I'm proce- trying to process it during I'm also processing the fact that the, basically what happened was someone tried to break in my house but the person that tried to break in my house was also mentally unstable and um, they were you know they were black so as I'm calling the cops on them I'm also concerned about this person as being a black person uh, and calling the cops I'm also you know with someone who's white who is you know very very and justifiably so like why aren't the cops doing enough why aren't they here already you need to call them back and then I myself am like I would like to do all this without even having the cops show up so it's like three things you're processing and then that affected me definitely for the whole whole you know upcoming week um in 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 many many different ways uh and something that I think could be have you know just be you know a, a slightly more interesting or crazy afternoon um, for some people, for me, was like I definitely went through a little bit of trauma around that, and also, you know, uh, dissecting why I become so much more complacent. Uh, obviously, I know the reasons, <laughs> but you know, really thinking about wow, I have become this person, or I am this person that feels unable to truly speak up for myself when it comes to um, a person that has that kind of authority. Basically, the authority to end my life. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, so now how did your parents handle you as a little girl? as a little psychic or were they not aware of this? Um, I think they, they, there definitely were some instances where they, they were aware of it. I think they were as, as, um, they were very loving and sweet. I think their main concern was that they wanted to make sure that I was able to sleep because I wasn't sleeping so at all. So would you have like ghosts visit you and then I yeah. see them? Um, you... I did see them. And then, I mean, my habit was just to every morning around 3am, just run into my parents' room and that went on for, for years. And sometimes there would be a lot of visitations through now what I would know would be visions at night. Um, and then actual visitations where I would, you know, see the spirit in person or, um, running through a spirit which was always like my sign of how terrified I was if I was like I'm gonna run through the spirit oh my god okay I have to share this because it's just really like I remember I I like slept with my mom and dad till I was like six or seven I was like terrified I was terrified to sleep and I remember later finding out like I grew up in in an island there's like a lot of energy Mm -hmm. down there that like spirits would they they would come visit me as a baby Mm -hmm. And that freaked the crap out of me. Oh, yeah. So I, I love that you're sharing that because I remember uh, my parents' bedroom, my dad telling me when I was scared to, like, run to each light to turn it on. I'm like, it felt like a mile away. I was like, I'm just going to go for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The light situation, uh, having the door open. I mean, six or seven. I was in my parents' room, I think, till I was, like, ten and I always feel super bad about that because they must, I mean, I don't know when they were having <laughs> Think sex. about it later, like, oh, <laughs> like they were, you. Yeah, I totally messed that up. But, um, yeah, they were very supportive in as at whatever way they, you know, they could be at the time. I think the great thing about, you know, connecting to those, you know, abilities or, or, uh, or spirits now is that, you know, as parents, we can be much more aware, have more you know, knowledge and say, you know, what is it you saw? What's the message? You don't have to be afraid. You know, uh, let's do, let's do some protection magic, you know, like let's, let's really inform kids about what's going on because kids are so in tune. They have so much power because they're so much closer to, to source at that, at that point that they can, I mean, they can do crazy stuff, crazy people beautiful stuff what do you is that something you wish that you would have been asked when you were little 
like asked about what you saw and to do I, th- I mean I, my my parents definitely did like they I definitely they uh, they had another they had a friend that was a psychic and I would do drawings of what I saw like when I was little there were two men that were always in my room and he, as a psychic he he would go in and, and I remember him my parents later telling me that he talked to them um, and they actually ended up being owners of the house we later moved into they were kind of coming to check us out to see if (laughs) who knows what if they wanted us to live in that house um but wait what was the question like when you were like little like what do you wish you you know how i wish you you were asked or how could you have been supported um i wish i'd been given more information you know i wish that i had not been so fearful uh I, I, there was a point, I would say, right before puberty where I was getting really clear visuals of things that were going to happen, but within, like, say, an hour. Um, and I remember in little stuff, you know, and I remember that happening and just saying, absolutely not. No. And you, and again, at that point, you have the power to just completely turn that knob all, all the way to off. And you turned it off in I turned it off 100%, except for uh, instances of extreme distress, like breakup situations. Oh, you'd be like, I'm going to tap into your shit. No, not consciously. Like, if if (laughs) someone was cheating on me, I would literally have a a dream that night of the person, the way they looked, what was going on. and in one instance, I actually went to my bo- my boyfriend's house, and he scared the crap out of him. He's like, "What's going on?" And I was like, "What's going on?" And he's like, "Oh," and it, it, just stuff like that, like not consciously knowing, but that gift would turn on if I needed to know certain just information. Like, We're turning it on. We're turning it on. I just imagine your guides like a big lever, like they're like electricity shooting out. I love that. Yeah. How do you think? Do you feel that creating the collective has expanded your abilities oh of course like what has been the most like delightful surprise for you and your own practice within supporting everybody else uh, the more information you have the more you could, because all of this is practice the more you're able to really uh kind of figure out gifts that are latent gifts that are in there um first of all the, the delight and surprise is that i'm clairaudient i did not expect that or any, all of this is delight. This, none of this was part of the plan. Um, but the most recent thing I would say is that being able to pick on, pick up on um, negative entities or demons or uh, black cords, um, and that's because as you're doing the work, it's almost like you're remembering something. So when I started doing work on being able to clear houses or being able to um, clear people of, you know, negative thought patterns and beliefs. Um, completely separate from my own work when people would start coming in uh my clairvoyance would start to pick up on you know different entities and the and the different levels of their vibration that was in the room that was really cool so i love that so because you do one-on-one sessions with your clients mm-hmm. as well as you have a couple different programs of um mentoring mm-hmm. those to mm-hmm. tap into their own gifts how do you Set, you know, we talked about that lever inside you um, with all of these different gifts that keep expanding. How do you have those boundaries within yourself? Like, you know, when you're just hanging out with your friend and you just want to, like, be human and talk shit and have yeah, some sparkling water. Exactly. You turn it off. I turn it off. I used to always be on because okay. it's really enticing. But it's, it's not ethical, one. 
Uh, and two, um, there's a desire for outside validation that's also ego-based. So now it's about really being present. If I'm sitting here talking to you, am I getting a couple little pings? Sure. But uh, the point is to be present. The point is, is to also let them know that like this is not a free-for-all. You know, I'm a human being on this planet. I'm here to engage. And then there are times where I'm open to, uh, to your knowledge and to your, to your wisdom and to any other information that I need. And that doesn't mean those boundaries don't slip from time to time. And that also doesn't mean that those boundaries don't take quite a bit of time to kind of begin to build. Um, but now it's, it's much easier, except when uh, I'm drinking. <laughs> Which people that know me know, like if, 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 it, which is why I used to, I, for quite a while I stopped drinking because then the defenses are down and then, you know, you're just like, oh my God, I heard blah, 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 blah. And it's also unethical. <laughs> is it terrible that I'm like, now I want to go drinking with you? Oh my, I do have some friends that are like, hey, let's oh. get that second glass of wine. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm like, no, 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 no. I, I was at a Christmas party last year. <laughs> it was a free for all. It was horrible. Horrible horrible i told uh my husband i was like why did you let me do that and he's like i couldn't stop you i'm like well you need to just pull me out of there because it's not you, you know I'm, you're, we're not here to just kind of start like doing psychic bombs of information on people you know people need to be in a place where they're ready to receive it and um and if it's not then if they're not in that place and you just start handing out information then you're doing a disservice to yourself to them and, and to the work i love that so my next question for you hmm. is we're coming up on this Halloween season. Yeah. I feel like we've heard it all freaking le- year. Lear. Lear. Lear year. Oh, Lear. <laughs> you and I have joked about it. If we hear one more time, the veil is thin. Mm. Can, we share- <laughs> can we share, can you share a little bit about what the, when people are hearing references to the veil is thin, like what does that mean? And and sure. um you know what can how can they connect maybe this you know yeah season um okay so first first of all i'm just going to say preface this by saying this is just my opinion um lots of people have different ideas obviously um i believe that the veil can always be thin okay first of all uh sometimes yes astrologically the veil is a little thinner it also depends in in my opinion on you know the state of the world what's going what's going on i feel like the veil is thin a fucking lot right now because so much shit is on fire um and things are changing and shifting um but you're just for me the veil is that that connection between yourself and uh and spirit and, or yourself and the other side which are you know other spirits and entities, what have you. Uh, For the veil to be thin, for you to really connect, you just, uh, in my opinion, have to get into um, a slightly meditative or hypnotic state or trance. It's all the same thing. It's all a different like level of self-hypnosis. And you can pierce the veil when you're washing dishes and all of a sudden you're like whoa I just finished all these dishes how did that happen or you're driving in your car and you're like how did I get home I don't remember that the veil is thin you're in a light hypnotic state you're probably receiving information go ahead but what's the difference between that and just being on autopilot oh wow that's a really good question autopilot because I think a little bit I get what your point is autopilot autopilot you know, autopilot doesn't mean though that you're not receiving information while you know while while that's happening. You know, you could be on autopilot and all of a sudden you're like, oh my god, I know how to, I I know what I need to say to my sister who I haven't spoken to in two years. I fucking yeah. love that you just said that. Yeah, I mean, autopilot. It's all. I think it's all variations of the same thing. You're just more open to receiving. 
Um, and yes, again, there are some times, you know, astrologically where, you know, uh, where the veil the veil is is thin in general but anyone can uh connect through the veil anyone can receive this information anyone can get to that state uh some people say oh i can't meditate trust me you're in a meditative state at least several times a day i love that you just called that out for being on autopilot you can still receive because it's like how exhausting would it be you know, uh, to just be intentional all the time. Cause I like, I mean, I get hard on myself, like be intentional, yeah. live intentional, yeah, yeah. but like, that's exhausting. It is. If it you were be to be exhausting. in that process, like all day. I mean, I was just looking at my altar today and I was thinking, wow, I, my meditative practice, my meditation practice has really slipped. Um, I need, and I just did a quick uh, I have my mantra that I say, and I just did a quick like two minutes. Two. I mean, it, 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 it. Sometimes you're just like, I can't do it. I can't do it today. That's okay. Oh, speaking of that. So, what is your like? I I've shared on this podcast earlier. Mm-hmm. I'm like geek with um, morning rituals. Yeah, yeah. So, what is your like? Let's say you're not in a rush. Like what? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> what is your practice in the morning? Um. Well, usually in the morning I have I have client sessions. So my practice is to uh, go into my office to clear it, to protect my door, to light my candles at my altar, to sit there. If I can't, if I'm not feeling able to meditate, to just open myself up to any messages my guides have to tell me, to uh, repeat my mantra, and to then... Um, uh, what was I going to say, to get out my notebook and to do some channeling, light channeling, pull some cards for myself about what my guides are currently seeing for me. Usually there's some laughter there. I'm like, oh, God, you guys are always right. Uh, and then I just get started with my day. That's my morning practice. And then how do you... And matcha. Disconnect. What is your mantra? Do you mind sharing? Uh, passion, fo- wait, what is it? Passion, focus, passion, focus, patience. Passion, focus, patience, freedom. I've had I that for that. like six years. Oh, I love that. It's worked really well. I mean, because that's, again, that's spell work. That's just magic. I, I love it. Mm-hmm. How do you disconnect from, you know, you, you're, just so everybody knows, I'm doing this interview with her in her amazing home where you have your, um, do your client sessions in like the little cute mm-hmm. guest house mm-hmm. thing back here. <laughs> garage um, room. Garage house. But it's not that. It's like a little tiny house. Like, I feel like it's like a gingerbread. Wait, wait till you're in you there next like, week. You could like glue like you know, cookies on it and be like, it's a gingerbread miniature house. (laughs) Um, How do you disconnect? Like if you're working in your home space, like how do you disconnect from that work, even though this is your sacred space? It's really difficult. I'm not going, I mean, it's really difficult. It's becomes more more and more difficult as the years go on, which is why um, it's not, I'm not going to be able to keep doing, uh, workshops here and living here and doing session work here because it's a lot of energy coming in and out. I obviously am constantly clearing the house, constantly clearing my office, constantly clearing my own body, doing protection all the time. I mean, it's just like, you know, it's it's be ritual. exhausting though. Um no. It I feel like it's more empowering because it's it's telling it's me again connecting to the space and saying we're 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 a team, we're in collaboration. Um, I'm taking care of you because you're taking care of me. Uh, versus feeling like, you know, other people's energy is like kind of running rampant across the entire property. Uh, but beyond that, obviously showers, grounding stones and um, setting up 
you know, boundaries around all of it. There are only certain days of the week that people are here. I only do sessions till a certain time of the day. And it took me a long time to figure that out because in the beginning, you know, you're just, you're so concerned with, can this survive? Can I survive? Can this continue? It's just yes to everything. Instead of realizing how powerful no can be and no doesn't mean saying yes to scarcity. I love that. Do you feel like once you set those boundaries of like, this feels good to me to have these days of the Mm -hmm. week, this amount of hours, this amount of clients that, that, catapulted things once you were very clear? Uh, Yes, and that doesn't also mean, I will tell people that there, that doesn't mean that there haven't been moments of uh, where things have been light. When, when I when I left my last full time job working for somebody else, I was really excited. You know, clients were coming. I was like, I can't do all this, uh, you know, by myself. I have to be able to leave this other job. That first month out was dead, and I was freaking out. I was thinking, what the fuck is going on? universe you told me to do this what I realize now is that I needed that time to decompress and I also needed that time to really sink into the fact that my life was about to completely change and within 30 days everything shifted when I closed my books for the first time which I was so scared to do because what does I, that mean to our listeners what so it means about? that um basically people could book an appointment with me at any time like if someone texted me and said I, I need to see you I would I would I would I was seeing like five or six people a day uh my my basically uh if you wanted to see me I would figure it out uh and I was so depleted and so tired and I asked one of my guides I said do I need to close my books very scared that he was gonna say yes and he said yes so I just shut down um sign up I just shut it down and I said I'm going to which now is the process which is still crazy but I said I will only open my books up four times a year and then whoever books is meant to see me and whoever isn't is not meant to see me right now they're meant to see someone else or me down the line and that completely changed everything as well what do you do what tools do you use if you feel um the feelings of scarcity flow through you? Well, my habit had been to just try to find a way to bring income in really quickly because that fear of scarcity is generational. Um, my, you know, my mother grew up in, you know, during World War II where they were very wealthy and lost everything. My father grew up in extreme po- uh, poverty. Um, my parents, you know, made a lot of money early on and then lost everything. There's a deep rooted fear of scarcity so um i'm working through that right now that's an ongoing process you know the idea of what is enough um and i actually talk to my guides about it yeah and i haven't always succeeded sometimes i'll do something that i really don't have the energy for but i'm doing it because i feel like i need to i need an extra cushion and what i've learned is that then you're doing it for the wrong reasons then you're not truly being of service because you're not being of service to yourself you can't be of service to others if you can't be of service to you i love that anyway it's hard it's it's hard it's ongoing yeah I I I just love having that conversation because I think that sometimes you know it's like it's such a nice reminder I think for our listeners too it's like whatever your thing is that you're working through it's like you know you can call it shadow you can call it whatever it's like that pain point that floats up it's like you know to be able to 
it's not even about suppress it or fully clear it, but just like work through it. Yeah. Like it's going to be a dance with that. It is. It's like yeah. you're never, I mean, it's like, it's always going to probably pop up right when you're about to do the next big thing. Yeah. And to you're take not going to get it risk. right the first time. You know, I, I have clients that say, you know, I, I need to know exactly what my future business looks like. I'm like, it's not going to even look like that. It's going to change along the way. Your idea of money is going to change along the way. Your idea of success, it's all going to change because the goal is to learn more about who you are. What does success mean to you? Freedom. That's yeah. the same for me. It's freedom because when I wasn't working from a place uh, or living from a place of freedom, all I did care about was money. And that made me miserable. I just was like trying to like get these things that I've been told I needed. I love that you're sharing that. I had just been asking myself that again recently. Like, what is success? And it really is freedom. It's freedom. It's freedom to do what you want, learn what you want, and time. meet new people, and time. Time, time, time. Yes, time mm-hmm. is a massive thing. It's so interesting because I talk to other, you know, commercial photographers and directors, and you know, um, some of my friends. They'll be constantly on the road, constantly back mm-hmm. to back to back to back, and it's like. You know, I busted my butt in my whole 20s working for somebody else, mm-hmm. and I did very well, And but I didn't have time, even though I was doing great things. I'm sure. I mean, come but on. You're now, an incredible photographer, well, too, thank so you, of course. But, like, but now it's like I'm like, I really love my life, and it's because of freedom. It, it, it literally will change your – it changes your entire world. I mean, if I – you know, even if, if all of this fell apart, or if, you know, this started, you know, if what I'm doing started to, you know, slow down, if I got a job, say, at a coffee shop two days a week that made me feel really, really good, that paid some of my bills along with the work I'm doing now, and I got to meet different people and, you know, try different food and hear different conversations, that would make me much more happier than working in an office nine to five, making $80,000 or $100,000 a year, being miserable. And I've done that, too. And it's do you feel a common thread um, in different seasons of things that your clients are coming to you for? Uh, there's definitely a lot of a, a lot of universal themes. Um, who am I? What is my purpose? Um, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I desire. Uh, those are some of the big themes. Where and where is my soulmate? Uh, all of those come down to, and I actually just posted about today, um, a loss of self and, and not remembering of who you really are due to either what society has said, said that you need, your family or your peers have said that you should want, a uh, desire to, when you're in a relationship, to make that person happier than yourself because you're scared to look at what you really want. Um, the idea of, I only know what I want if someone tells me is really scary and I totally understand it but that's those are usually the the big major themes or and obviously you know fear of reaching beyond what you what you have been led to believe you're capable of I love that Mm. what is your greatest desire right now I think my greatest desire, I have a lot of things going on that are about to to be, uh, you know, uh, released. I think my greatest desire, speaking of time, is to have more time. I think I'm in a building phase right now, and I've been in a building phase for a while. But my goal would be by 2021 to have a really wonderful routine of what energy I need to 
expand out and a really great routine of how I am bringing that energy back into myself. I love that. Mm. Is there anything, is there a question that you wish people would ask you? Oh my God, that's such a good question. Is there a question I wish people would ask me? It could be you now or even when you were little or any time. I think the question... I, it's funny. I, uh, I hear the First question. First thought, right thought. Uh, why is it important to realize that you're not alone? That's the question. Why is it important for you to realize you're not alone? Uh, I think it's important to realize that you're surrounded by... And I'm not just speaking about spirits. I'm talking about, you know, this planet, this house. These are all energy fields. It's important to realize that everything has energy and that energy can be utilized to support yourself because then you realize that you can actually be an unstoppable force because a lot of people get kind of hemmed in with, I'm alone, no one understands me, no one listens to me, I can't figure out what this next step is but if you realize that you can lean back and whisper things to these energies around you and you can just tune in and feel that love and energy coming back then everything can change i love that so so much i just want to take a second to really honor you for the way that you've shown up for this whole community here in la and expanding into new york I am so grateful to finally connect with you. Mm. We had met through mutual friends yeah, briefly. 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 But I thought about you often. Ugh. I did. Whenever I, I so I'm not and, and so it just made me really um, happy to circle back with you mm. in the divine timing. But um, I really love and appreciate you. And I'm so grateful that you were open to having the discussion with me um, to talk about diversity and spirituality. Mm. I think it's an important conversation that needs to happen I see a grasshopper right out there do you see that do you no. see that it's bright green no but I don't have my glasses you're a bug on. person don't you love it you I, are a bug person right? I do I love grasshoppers it's like so bright wow what does that mean and I am so blind what is I, oh, you don't see that green no <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot also there is a lot of green outside but I know I but I feel but like, where it's, it's where like there's like all these you brown that, chips right I see the brown chips bright ass green is it right there out. yeah okay I'm pointing literally just at something okay, to the right of the grass so but like it's but, yeah. right there usually there are a lot of lizards out there okay it is so. like a bright green like teenager looking oh my god I do see it oh thank god oh, I'm wow. not just making up shit oh Oh my gosh, what message is that for us? I mean, let's look. Let's look let it me, up. Let Maybe our listeners up. need to know too. So let's look it up. Oh. Let's see. Do, do, do. What a blessing from Mother Nature. But don't you, you like collecting bugs? Um, I don't know if I like collecting bugs. Or is it for the turtles? Bugs. It's, well, no, the turtles eat, the turtles eat some shrimp. But they symbolize okay grasshoppers. But I I do I do love bugs outside the house. Oh, yes. not like bugs inside. Yes, but inside. you like but bugs, I do. Like you like yes. the bugs that I don't want to touch. Yes. that people get. I was like, Look well, because I used hole. to be really scared of them. So you know, it's oh, about oh. meeting that fear. So grasshoppers symbolize luck, abundance, courageousness, insight, fertility, and intuition. Oh, 
Come on. Drop the mic. Done. Oh, what a great Please. way to end. That's awesome. Wow, that's a really awesome that. one, too. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. So, so grateful it's for you. It's been an honor. Yay. That's a wrap for today on the Healer Dealer Podcast. If you like this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review, let me know what you loved about it, and pass along to your family and friends. Thank you so much for being here. Hope to see you next time. Cheers. Cheers.